Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Texas is Pam Cleveland. Pam is Compliance Officer, Medicare Advantage at UCLA Health FPG. And joining us from Ohio is Megan Griffo, who's Senior Director of Compliance at Sidecar Health. Today, we're going to be talking about starting a compliance program from scratch. So first, Megan, Pam, thanks for joining us. Uh, Megan, why don't we start with you? Uh, starting a compliance program from nothing can be more than a little bit daunting for people. Where should someone start? Yeah, absolutely. It, it can uh, seem daunting at first, but really it's just uh, taking the time to define all of the compliance program requirements um, on a work plan, and then also considering all of the regulatory requirements uh, for your individual products to ensure that you can um, maintain a comprehensive list of all of the different objectives that you have to start with. Um, and you wanna do that right from the guidance, right? Very objectively defining what the objectives are. Um, and then the next step to that will be catering it or defining it very specific to your organization. And how you wanna start with that is really taking time with the individual operational areas to ensure that you know, you, you gain a good understanding of their level of knowledge, their existing resources, processes, level of documentation. So then you can kind of begin to massage that work plan to know exactly what needs to be prioritized, what maybe is a little more robust in your current state, um, so that you can then start to define your task um, based on your organization's current state. Um, so it's really just getting that work plan together so that you have something to communicate and organize tasks, um, as well as prioritize things. So just getting it on paper and, and something to kind of lead uh, your process. And Adam, I so, would just add into that in that you want to make sure you do that based on what's the product you're building a new compliance program for, because there could be a difference, especially because you want to look at the level of knowledge of staff within the organization. And it's from experience. I've had a few times where you, you want to make sure the staff understands exactly the product that you're implementing so that when you're talking about those seven elements and you're talking about training and education, policies and procedures, auditing and monitoring, that you're focusing it around the product that you're building the compliance program for. You mentioned staff there, Pam. Before you even get to staff, obviously, you need leadership support. What do you find works best for getting the necessary support out of that leadership? Education, education, education. I can't say that enough. And I would say not to make any kind of assumptions around, once again, what individuals know. There's a lot of individuals are in leadership, but not necessarily aware of compliance and the compliance program and those compliance elements that we just spoke about. So I think having like frequent and transparent communication, I've been asked by leadership to say, give me the compliance for dummies version. And so it's where you have to just be able to present to them what exactly is compliance, why it's important, what's the consequences of non-compliance. And I think that helps to get them on board and understanding the importance of having an effective compliance program. 
And Adam, I would just highlight what Pam just mentioned is, you know, being able to provide leadership with examples um, in the industry of enforcement actions or things that support the meaningfulness or demonstrate the meaningfulness of the compliance program. Um, building that trust with your leadership by citing guidance, providing examples, offering solutions, using data to support, you know, the importance or um, the request that you're making of leadership to support uh, is really important, again, because it builds trust, but it also provides, you know, all of the um, context for them to fully understand because people learn in different ways or ingest things in different ways. So that's always important to, to bring the facts, I guess. Now, what, once you have that leadership support, how do you best map out what you need to do to move the program forward? Sure. So the most important thing is defining very clear and well-communicated expectations of those that have some accountability or responsibilities in your work plan. Um, so you may ask operations certain um, requests or certain tasks, and you need to make sure that they clearly understand what the ask is and that you're continually having those conversations, checking up, enforcing the accountability, defining timeframes, um, so that everybody's kind of on the same page. And again, you're setting that precedent of accountability. Um, but on kind of the opposite end of that, I encourage you as a new program to be willing to go beyond your scope of compliance as a new program, right? You wanna be able to lend meaningful support to operations that may not yet fully understand what is expected, or have the experience in a health plan setting or, you know, some responsibilities in compliance. So it's that delicate balance of enforcing accountability, but also going beyond and providing the necessary support so that people can meet the expectations. I would agree with that, Adam. I would also add, you know, one of the best practices and when you're mapping out and moving the program forward, is implementing a GRC solution, which is governance, risk, and compliance. And that's one of the things and having this central repository, whether that's an external vendor or internal something built in house, but just having that way that all staff leadership, everyone involved can connect the dots between the various elements of an effective compliance program. You want to make sure that if you're doing an investigation for an identified issue and it results in a, a need for a policy or procedure, then that they kind of have that where it kind of funnels over to policies and procedures. And then if you implement a new policy and you need to be trained on it, that it implements over to training and education. So it's important to have some kind of central repository where you connect all the dots of those seven elements to as you're mapping out how to move the program forward. Well, and that goes to the question I was going to ask next, um, Pam, maybe we can continue on that is, and I think you've partially answered it, which is how do you ensure that the compliance program is a program and just not a one-time effort? You, you want to make sure that you build the program around those seven elements and have a, a essence of setting precedence and accountability. So it's very important that when you're establishing it as a program that you have those meaningful resources and support as i just talked about through that grc solution where you're making sure that you're partnering from a compliance perspective with the operational owners and in doing that you're providing them with ongoing education you're setting up monitoring processes 
um, from a compliance standpoint to oversee those accountabilities that are being done by the operational area because you wanna have continual improvement as you move forward. So you have to make sure you're being very flexible and that you're able to adapt the program as needed as you move forward. And so I think the key in making sure that it's not a one-time thing is setting up that accountability level, but also partnering with the operational areas so that you make sure you're not coming in like the police and adding things on top of what they're already doing, but partnering with them as they build the program so that you work together and those seven elements of compliance is interwoven into those operational uh, programs as they're building them. Yeah, I would agree with you, Pam. I think that one thing that I really appreciate you mentioning is continual improvement, right? Don't let your program get stale and don't use your annual effectiveness audit of your compliance program just as a check the box. Use those results to drive your program forward and don't be afraid to be innovative about how you're solutioning for compliance. Um, you know, use all that feedback from your effectiveness audit and think outside the box about how you can solution and make it easy for people to participate in your program. But also, again, highlighting the word you use, you know, partnering with them, using their feedback, their needs um, as considerations and how you're moving the program forward. You never just want to let it sit there and get stale. Well, speaking of not getting stale, a compliance program has to adjust over time. How do you build in the framework from the start to allow it to evolve and adjust as smoothly and quickly as possible and as necessary? Yeah, I think the most simple thing to do is be transparent about the expectation of change, right? The industry that we work in, um, it's constantly changing. So that's one factor. Um, and you want to set that expectation. But we always need to be um, thinking ahead and being innovative about the program as well. Um, you know, talking about one piece of the program is fraud, right? You always need to be on the cutting edge of what's happening in the industry and what's changing. And so your program needs to adapt to be able to accommodate, you know, the regulatory changes, the fraud risk, you know, the different types of um, ways in which people are submitting claims. So it's, it's definitely inherent with our um, industry. So you need to set that expectation early and everybody understands that we're gonna pivot often um, and that it's okay, we'll partner in the change. Um, and I think change always can be difficult, um, but transparency and frequent communication with your stakeholders and your leadership is, one of, is gonna be the most effective tool in navigating change. Um, but it is inevitable, it's just, again, leveraging good communication and providing meaningful support to your stakeholders. And again, I think it really starts with what I mentioned earlier is building trust and relationships with both your leadership and your stakeholders. So that, again, that really organically drives a partnership, a genuine partnership that is effective in, in managing compliance. And Adam, I would add education. I can't say that enough. Education, education, education. Because when you're talking about your program, being able to be flexible, there's nothing stagnant about healthcare compliance. We know rules and regulations, you know, it used to be people used to say, oh, they change daily. I think it's gotten to the point where I'm, it's almost like they change hourly. 
you get new regulatory or sub-regulatory guidance released constantly. And so you have to build in that framework so that that is communicated out and then so that it, and also that monitoring and that oversight and making sure not only have individuals receive that guidance, but that they understand it. So that's where it comes in and educating them and making sure that they understand what are the expectations from the external regulator based on the guidance that has come out. And once again, how can we in compliance partner with them to help them in implementing that program? So as regulatory changes come out, we have to make sure we have built a process to distribute it a process to partner with the operational areas and helping them to understand it. And we've built in monitoring and oversight to make sure that they're taking the necessary and appropriate action based on that guidance so that the program is flexible and that it's continuing to move forward. The only thing I would add is to all those great points you just made is that, you know, it's not just healthcare. I mean, when it comes to things like economic sanctions, the list of who's on and off the list keeps changing. And in a lot of other areas, uh, too, it's a need to just constantly stay alert and prepare to evolve the program based on those changes. Well, Pam, Megan, thank you so much for sharing these insights with us today. I think they'll be particularly helpful for those looking to launch a program. Um, and even insightful for those who already have one in place. Uh, I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletaub from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.